Hello, and welcome to the Family Histories Podcast, the show for and about those of us who are sat quietly in libraries, archives, and spare rooms all around the world, piecing together our collective social and family history. My name is Andrew Martin, I'm a family historian, and I've been researching my entire family history since 1995. In this episode, The Noble, we'll be finding out what it's like to research in Russia, we'll hear about a man who was forced to live a double life as a member of the KGB, and we'll be trying to find out why a family left their ancestral home in the 19th century Raisan region of Russia. So, put down those inquest reports, grab a cuppa, and let's meet our guest. My guest today is a genealogist who is helping to reconnect people with their ancestors in Russia and its neighbouring countries. She is the founder of Genealogy Rocks, a genealogy YouTuber, and she's a member of the Association of Professional Genealogists. I'm therefore delighted to welcome today's guest, Marina Brigitova. Privyat Marina, Dobro Pozjolovit Nasho. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. You're very welcome. Hopefully what I just said was polite, and <laughs> I, but that is that is the extent of my Russian language skills, I'm afraid. Okay, so your Russian is better than my English. <laughs> You're so kind, Marina, but also a terrible fibber. I'm really interested to know what it's like to be a genealogist uh, in Russia. Um, but firstly, I think I'd love to know how did you end up getting into family history? You know, my first three, um, I wrote, I wrote or draw uh, when I was at the age of twelve. Um, so it's, I think it's a very young age uh, to be interested in genealogy. But uh, some yeah. my colleagues um, prove that I'm uh, wrong. Uh, because many of them are at very young age and now achieving more results than me. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but nevertheless, um, at the age of 12, uh, I made the first family tree for myself. Um, actually, my family did not talk about uh, genealogy as a science, but uh, they always uh, treated the family history uh, with uh, with love, respect, and uh, family history is very important uh, in our family. So okay. I'm, I think it's ve- this is very important. Uh, interestingly, I wrote down in the tree the information that I later forgot and my relatives forgot. And then my grandfather died, so I have uh, no uh, ability to obtain this information again. And only after finding this tree, uh, in my old papers, I found uh, uh, the information, and uh, in other cases, it will be forever lost. So it was a very happy first family tree. I bet. So later, then, uh, I think uh, in my older times, I um, just uh, decided to change my profession, and um, uh, it was a very personal issue. I was uh, a bit depressed. Uh, at that time, and I thought, what is uh, the main thing for me in life? What uh, motivates me in any uh, in any state of mind that I have? Uh, what is uh, my my principle principles basically? And uh, thinking that way, I uh, was uh, coming to uh, the thing that uh, family is very important for me. Family as uh, roots, not uh, current current family, but roots. 
so I decided to uh, give it a try, and um, I understand that genealogy is a professional field, so I tried. Yeah. It was 2015. I started working for myself, uh, and uh, at the same time, I created the bureau. Uh, actually, actually, I worked uh, on a research for a long time on my own, uh, only in partnership with Anastasia, okay. who did the artwork on uh, some of our projects. Uh, I mean, uh, the beautiful uh, books, beautiful uh, trees, uh, paper, and so on. And then uh, there was uh, no creative design in my, my team, but uh, I added two people. Uh, who can uh, actually do extraordinary search work. I, I can say this. Uh, they, are, uh, they are working with me now. They are professionals, uh, very modest and honest people. And I can say that the genealogy for them is uh, actually m- more exciting than uh, roulette for a gambling edit. Okay. So oh. <laughs> they are, yes, yes, they are so passionate wow. about this. <laughs> And, and and then honest and modest. So you know, uh, I'm uh, trying to uh, you know uh, take part in podcasts, sure. uh, like share share information with people that I'm a genealogist doing uh, my work, and they just uh, go for their research. <laughs> Nothing matters. <laughs> and I'm so happy that these people are working with me because uh, the genealogy rocks is uh, uh, actually uh, I'm proud of this bureau uh, because of their work. Can you tell? Uh, can you tell me a little bit? more about uh, Genealogy Rocks and, and, and what's, what it is and what it does? Yes, uh, so it's a very small company, uh, me, uh, these two permanent members, uh, and uh, if, you, uh, if you will count uh, people who work uh, on projects at all, I mean um, doing small parts of job on each project or appearing in several projects, uh, this will be dozens of people. Okay. Um, my work is... Uh, to connect to connect them in um, uh, to to bring the client the best result. So this is Genealogy Rocks. It's uh, it has no office. It has no one place. It's it's very modern company in this uh, as, as you understand the company now. So you, it it uh, shouldn't be in uh, you know in one place. It's our company. It's very modern. <laughs> it has no home. It's all around us, like like history and family history is. Yes. Yes, very, very good um, idea. Right. <laughs> I will, I will write this down. You can have that one. <laughs> yes. Uh, but in uh, in terms of uh, what we do, I can say that um, our specialization is primarily international projects. Okay. And I'm saying this not because I'm in the, on your podcast, you know, talking about international genealogy. <laughs> no, it's really my and uh, my and bureau specialization. Uh, of course, I look, I work uh, within Russia. I'm looking for routes for Russian citizens, um, but the direction of development uh, has been for the last three years, uh, three years already, right? Uh, projects in neighboring countries or from neighboring, neighboring countries. Uh, for example, okay. uh, for Australians, Americans, uh, Britons, the European Union residents, uh, we're looking uh, for them in Russia, um, former Soviet Union, Eastern Europe. And uh, sometimes I work without any contact with the Russian archives. So my, my work is not wow. uh, not so connected to uh, Russia sometimes. It's very interesting. Uh, you know, I can say that uh, Internet now provides amazing opportunities uh, for this style of uh, work. 
uh, I can say it's not very related to genealogy, but I, I just want to mention it, that uh, it's fascinating that we can connect with other people, remotely work on incredibly yes. complex tasks, achieve spectacular results, and all of that without leaving the couch. We're, li we're really living in a golden age, right? We really are. Um, I'm curious to know, are there... Uh, many Russian records that have that are online, or are they mostly offline in archives? Is it a bit of a mixture? Is it kind of growing, or what, what, what's it like to to actually research in in Russia? Well, I can say that we don't have our own own ancestral home, or you know, even my heritage that uh, pop, that is popular in Russia. Um, we we don't have uh, the tool like this. So uh, our archives are mostly not digitalized. Uh, last five five years uh, was the beginning of this process, and now we are achieving some results. So maybe for uh, 10, 12 archives or in Russia we can um, create data database, but you can achieve uh, you can get access uh, to this database only if you are a Russian citizen because uh, the mostly you can enter it via our government okay. portals. And uh, you know uh, these are on the church records. Okay. So even if you are Russian and you can uh, access to this database. Uh, you uh, will get some only only a few decades of your research uh, you can do uh, online. Then you will uh, have to go to the archive and research uh, the usual. Uh, so so not only we don't have an overall project that uh, brings uh, together all the archives okay. that and we don't have that and we don't have. Um, much digitalized in each individual archive. Do you think that's going to kind of evolve and continue in the next few years, or do you think it's it's going to stay pretty much as it is? Uh, you know, I don't think that it will stop, okay. but I also don't think that uh, we will see much progress here because uh, archives itself living uh, par partially on uh, funds that uh, they receive from doing copies, scans uh, from each um, individual uh, client. So if uh, they will have large databases online, uh, they will uh, cut uh, this, uh, this funds of, for their budget. So and uh, the government uh, don't ha doesn't have uh, much <laughs> much budget at all for for history and archives. Um, we have some priority on genetic um, uh, genetic uh, DNA uh, genealogy, um, but I don't think that uh, will relate with uh, digitalization digitalization of the archives fund. So I'm not very optimistic about it. That's that's a shame. Hopefully. Hopefully something will improve, which allows more digitization or just more indexing, perhaps, yeah. that would make it maybe a bit easier. Um, yeah, that's that's a shame. Is is family history very popular in, in Russia or is it, is it growing? Yes, family history uh, is very popular. Uh, I think uh, after we have um, uh, 1991, when uh, USSR uh, fell down, we... Uh, we from this point um, appears uh, a huge interest in genealogy, 
and uh, uh, it was not uh, very easy for each person to get to to an archive. So there, uh, there was uh, there were many questions about this uh, this uh, matter. So um, uh, forum spirits at the time uh, began as they existed, like uh, uh, one of our greatest genealogy forum, uh, VGD, uh, VGD uh, forum. It contains a lot of information. And uh, after this, uh, we will, uh, after that, we will uh, we saw the professional genealogist come to the field of this interest, so many professionals appeared. But, um, you know, I think uh, for each person, it's, it, it's my um, honest opinion, for each person it's very interesting. It's, uh, you, you have to do your, your genealogy by yourself. You have to do it. In, if you can, if you cannot, okay, you can go to a professional, you can hire somebody, but uh, if you have a little chance to do it yourself, uh, maybe slowly, you have to do it by yourself right. because it's, uh, you have, uh, the mo you are the most, most motivated person for this task. Um, so, uh, in, uh, and I think the m many people in Russia are going this way because, uh, you know, uh, 20th century in Russia, uh, the, is causing the most problem in your family tree. If you uh, if you passed the 20th century, so you are you are good. And the 20th century is uh, you can easily do it by yourself because you have the right to um, obtain documents from government archives. Uh, you you have all legal base for for this. Uh, so it's better for you to do it yourself. And then uh, after after that. Um, yeah. Many uh, Russian people are not interested in long genealogy. They are interested to know what happened in 20th century. They want to know what, what happened uh, during uh, repression or maybe after World War II, uh, after, after this uh, tragedy. And uh, this is their most, uh, most oh, interesting okay. genealogy. They uh, receive the results and they uh, actually, yeah. it's not, not matters for them what happened uh, earlier. And I think it's okay too. Okay. Maybe next generation uh, will will come uh, to the next point of genealogy research. Look further. Yeah. Um, coming on to the kind of the the challenges that you face when researching, I think you probably touched a bit uh, in that last part that you were just saying. Um, Presumably, with Russia being such a huge and diverse country and uh, with border changes throughout history, and what kind of challenges does that present? I can say that uh, the thing that, that Russia is a, a very big country is really not a problem for genealogy. Uh, because if you, if you are talking about 20th century, uh, you can obtain... Um, Documents if they are far from your home or far from the place you, uh, at, at what you're living now, this is not a problem. You can uh, get them uh, via email or via, um, you know, government system uh, that allows uh, that kind of uh, request. Okay. So 20th century, no problem. And then if you want to go to an archive in the other area, uh, you can always, you know, go by yourself or you can connect with... Uh, Forum uh, forums like um, VGD, uh, and then you will find a person who lives there near that archive. You you will need for your research, and you know do some kind of uh, 
work for them and they will do work for you so it will be free but uh, you you will you will have uh, you you won't move at all um it it one it is one of ways uh, of doing things in uh, uh in different regions and uh, we very used uh, to this problem so we don't uh, we don't consider this as a problem uh because uh, now internet helps us a lot before the internet this will be very difficult uh, you will have uh, to telephone to an archive or they will explain you something you don't understand you will have to phone them again and this um, uh calls between the cities they are not very cheap so it uh, it will be uh, it, it was a lot uh, it, it was a big issue but uh, after the internet uh, came uh, no issue at all that's very good to hear <laughs> You mentioned earlier that there are lots of uh, church records available. Mm, yes. What other kinds of records might there be in Russia? Um, would there be things like censuses? First of all, genealogy in Russia differs in um, that uh, we have the documents are not in such great depth in centuries compared to Europe or Great Britain. Uh, for example, church records for the Orthodox faith uh, appeared only at uh, the beginning of the 18th century. Okay. And uh, the obligation to keep church records um, for Muslims, Jews, uh, Lutherans, Catholics in the Russian Empire um, was introduced even later. Okay. Uh, although Catholics uh, was actually the first, but uh, they um, they were just conducted even before the Tsar decrees. So it, it was uh, earlier than the government uh, told them <laughs> to keep records. They 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 kept records. So they're very organized persons, uh, better than uh, Orthodox. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the the majority of sources for the 19th century are even uh, church records, uh, church documents, uh, registers, confessional statements, a lot of church uh, documents. Uh, I know that in Bulgaria, for example, there have been records, uh, civil records uh, from from the 1870s. Okay. And uh, in Russia, it's impossible to imagine. We have uh, civil records only from the uh, Bolsheviks uh, came, so from 1970s. Before that, uh, the, the most of our genealogy uh, we uh, do via church records, okay. and uh, then we have um, the tax records, uh, very important okay. for us. Uh, for the eighteenth, um, nineteenth uh, century, we have uh, ten uh, revision. Revision. They have a very interesting name. Revision tales. You know, it's uh, like a fairy tale, but it's not a fairy tale. It's a text documents. Uh, uh, this documents that cover the 18th century and the first half of the 19th century. Okay. Uh, this is the first step of uh, getting the text information. They contained uh, the names, age, family composition for each household in the village or city. And, uh, of course, these documents are available only for taxpaying estates, for no, not for nobles, may, uh, for example. But we have uh, so little noble families uh, now in our genealogy, so it's not a problem. Uh, there are a total of 10 revisions, if we talk about okay. those that appeared after Peter the Great. Uh, and these 10 revisions are actually a very good source for our genealogy, so church records and revisions, and we have our genealogy to the eighteen uh, to the sixteen hundreds without uh, any problems. Sounds it's good. very interesting that uh, we have noble 
our gene genealogies uh, to the exact same period. Uh, we, if you have noble ancestors, you won't be able to look after the, um, I mean, below the uh, 1600s in most cases. And if you have a peasant uh, genealogy, you will have the same depth of genealogy. So no, this is very, uh, this is a communism in genealogy. Every, everybody gets the same depth of genealogy research. Nice equality. <laughs> Do you have access to newspaper archives? When I'm in Moscow, I have access to very uh, good archives. And uh, if I was doing only noble genealogies, uh, like our um, ancestor genealogists from the beginning of the 20th century, for example, Saviolov, uh, they will, uh, our genealogy was very... Uh, only for nobles. So if if uh, this uh, if I lived in those times, I will have uh, all archives that I need in my uh, in a few steps. But uh, when we're talking about uh, peasant genealogists, uh, you know, merchant genealogies, we uh, will have to access uh, mostly regional archives. So our Moscow archives, big, uh, big, uh, and uh, with old papers, they are not very useful. Uh, useful also, but not uh, the primary resource. It's time now for Relatively Speaking, the part of the show where my guest chooses one of their most fascinatingly good, bad, or just plain ugly relatives – and they tell their life story. Marina, who are you going to introduce us to? It was Vladimir Udovenko. Vladimir like Putin and Udovenko like Udovenko. <laughs> I, I might ask you to spell those uh, later on. So how is Vladimir related to you? It's actually not my family. It's uh, my, um, my father's uh, second wife. Uh, I'm, very, I, I'm in good relations. So we talked a lot about genealogy and I helped her. Uh, in your in her research, she has a father, and then uh, this father has a father, so it's her uh, male line. Uh, we had a person, her grandfather. Okay. Uh, he worked for FSB or KGB. You, you, I, I think. You yes. mean the KGB? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. This uh, was uh, not a good work. It was the uh, work for Soviet uh, government. Soviet Union government and uh, secret uh, service. In our minds, uh, it, we blame persons who worked for these services because they connected to repressions. And yes, uh, this your grandfather worked uh, with um, people who was uh, who were repressed. Uh, so it was a dark story. Gosh, yeah, I bet from the start. But the the your grandfather was not. So bad. He worked uh, in this field uh, because he he was made to. Um, it it was not his choice. And after uh, he uh, came to the uh, his pension, uh, he decided to uh, study economics and he get the degree in economics and wrote uh, his books books and uh, it was was a different field. He was interested in uh, the, his whole life, but he had to work for Soviet Union government for his uh, secret service. And the, uh, the thing in genealogy, in his genealogy, the problem was that he always uh, said to his wife and uh, his family members that he was from very poor family, 
uh, he uh, he said, uh, I don't know uh, anything about my roots. My father was very poor. He lived in Ukraine, in Kiev. Uh, uh, no, no interesting story there. Oh, okay. Uh, when he had, when he wanted to marry his wife, uh, uh, she was from priests. Her family was the, was a priest family. Uh, he he had to um, go to his director, his um, manager, <laughs> I can say now, and and say <laughs> and say and he had to say that uh, I want to marry this uh, girl. Uh, will you allow me to? Because uh, he is not, uh, he, she she is not from a uh, so poor family as I. So for Soviet Union government, uh, she is not very good person. And uh, uh, they allowed him. And this uh, was the story. Uh, our family, I mean uh, my father's wife, uh, family knows. Now, when we get to the papers in archives about his uh, birth. Uh, her grandfather's birth, uh, we discovered immediately that he was noble. And this was a shock from for the whole family because he was so secure about his past. He uh, lied so well. Even his wife was sure uh, that uh, that it was true. He was uh, from peasants. Oh, wow. He kept that hidden. Uh, this was a shock. I bet it was. And uh, after we... Uh, uh, some time passed. Uh, we understand that uh, there was uh, many logic, uh, uh, logical signs uh, that uh, he was uh, not so not so peasant. <laughs> yes, not so poor. But uh, uh, I mean, uh, he was not, not uh, noble uh, like you know uh, from the uh, roots or something like that. Uh, he was from peasants, but the, the peasants okay. in his family tree lived. Uh, uh, they had his peasant roots was uh, more to be the beginning of the 19th century. Then they okay. become became uh, merchants, and then after uh, being a merchant, being merchants for uh, you know a few decades, uh, the next generation uh, came to another estate. They uh, they became uh, nobles, but uh, personal personal nobles. They uh, wow. my father's wife uh, ancestor. I mean. Her grand grandfather w won't be able, if uh, if uh, there are any uh, historical circumstances, um, to pass his noble uh, estate to uh, his children. So it was personal noble, but uh, of course it was a shock anyway. And it was very interesting part of the genealogy, and I can say that later we discovered so many information, but nothing compares to this moment when you experience uh, when you so sure in in uh, one thing and you discover from one document the first document you see the whole other story why do you think he kept it quiet for so long uh, because it, uh, I think it was uh, an agreement between uh, him and uh, the Soviet Un Union secret service uh, uh, that uh, he will uh, he, I know uh, you know the families like this uh, who were not uh, peasants, were not very poor. You know, the peasants that were rich uh, also get uh, repressed in, by Soviet Union government. So okay. if uh, he was not very poor, he, uh, so he had uh, very little choice. He, he, uh, he was, uh, his family was able to emigrate, uh, was able to be killed uh, by Soviet Union government, or, uh, of course, I think uh, the, the choice that his family made he had to go to the Secret Service. So it sounds like he didn't have much of a choice. Yes, and uh, that's why he was not very happy man for the uh, whole his life. Uh, and 
You know, I, I don't. It's very, uh, it's very strange thing that you, the, when you discover something uh, like this in your family history or your vast uh, meaning of family history. Uh, I mean, we can uh, cannot uh, say that it's bad choice or good choice, but it's choice he made, and we have to live with the, with the ancestor like this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He, and and he had no choice. So. Yeah. No, it, you can say that you always has a, has a choice, okay? He, he can um, you know, kill himself. Of course. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's quite an extreme choice, to be fair. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so after he married, presumably he just, you know, he he had a family and grandchildren, yes. and nobody was aware at all. Yeah. Uh, so when when it was discovered. That must, that must have been a really big shock. Yes, and uh, it, it was discovered not so long ago, about, uh, I think, 10 years maybe. So uh, he was not alive, and uh, his son was alive. Uh, and uh, so it was, uh, for his for his son, it was a shock too. But obviously the son couldn't inherit the, the noble title because it was personal to, to his father. Yes, um, yes. But, but that must have, yeah, that must have been a, must have been a shock for him mm-hmm. um that he'd kind of lived a, like a double life mm-hmm. yes yes sure like most of our people for in the 20th century uh if you if you have peasant ancestors you also want to be quiet about the past and many many men uh, who came back from the World War Two or Great Patriotic War that we have uh, the name for the World War Two in Russia. Uh, they, they also was very quiet about the things that happened there. So it, it was a quiet century uh, about uh, in, in, the, in terms of stories and family stories for, wow. for Russia. So having discovered uh, that their ancestor had been a noble, um, were they really excited or worried to discover more? I think uh, they wanted to discover more because it was a mystery. Uh, you know, you get the answer. The, the, his parents were noble, nobles. Uh, but uh, again, you have more questions. It's uh, an answer who, which gives uh, more questions. And then uh, they wanted to know more and more and more. And then uh, then we gave it <laughs> to them. I gave it to them. Uh I guess it was quite difficult to get beyond the, the 20th century from what you were saying um, earlier on to kind of dig in into those records to to um, track further back um, in his family to see if there was the noble line um, or whether it just stopped. Uh, you know, uh, it was a mystery uh, for several moments, uh, several, uh, you know, uh, research moments. But uh, but then we uh, we got uh, the line. There were two archives participating in this story: Kiev archive, um, Kursk archive, um, and uh, from these two archives, we discovered the uh, the Polish line in uh, his ancestry, a very beautiful Polish line from uh, his uh, from my father's uh, wife, grand uh, uh, great grandmother. Uh, he was she was Polish, uh, and uh, we also discovered that uh, his uh, her, fam- her male line. I mean uh, the line we are to- we were talking about right now. Uh, <clears throat> this line came from Kursk, and in Kursk they like have 
family estate uh, and uh, this the story about uh, from they, that their growth from peasants to uh, another society level to another society level uh, this all happened in Kursk and Kursk is a great archive uh, I mean uh, even if uh, even uh, the Kursk was on um, um, on such a in such a bad uh, place in a uh, great patriotic war so many uh, so devastated uh, region or city but uh, surprisingly it has a, a big collection of church records of uh, you know tax records and uh, records about uh, uh, investments and so on so you you will find what you want there uh, so Kursk will, ha- will help us a lot in this and we discovered uh, his it's uh, it's very lucky that that archive survived with all of those documents. Yes, and you know it's a very common uh, question about Russian genealogy, even between Russian uh, citizens, about what what should I do if the church was destroyed? What should I do if uh, archive uh, was on the you know war line? Uh, and uh, you know. Surprisingly, most of um, it's 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 not it doesn't matter if the church was destroyed. Most of uh, church records after 1917 um, were transferred to uh, to the archives, and most archives uh, survived well the 20th century and the old wars. Not uh, every archive, but most of them are uh, good. And so the church records for the 19th century, for the beginning of the 20th century, usually uh, are good too, even uh, if uh, the church was not so lucky itself and uh, was destroyed uh, from any reason. Well, thank you, Marina, for telling us Vladimir's noble story. I think it's time to face... The Brick Wall. Everyone hits a dead end sooner or later. We call these brick walls, a barrier between you and your next piece of evidence. In this part of the show, it's where you, the listeners, have a chance at demolishing my guest's brick wall. Pencils at the ready. Marina, tell us about your brick wall. The most interesting story... I think of breaking the deadlock in my practice has yet to be written. But uh, if uh, if we're speaking of those that uh, have been, I perhaps uh, best remember uh, one of my client family getting through revision tales. I remind, remind you that we have uh, ten of them, and uh, in our case, we found a family in the eighth revision in a village called Chernobyl. Uh, so we uh, have had um, Alexei Grigorievich uh, Sarachev born there. Okay. And uh, then we search for his father and his uh, great-grandfather. Uh, uh, and uh, when we searched seventh revision, we found that uh, they was transferred to Chernobyl from Nukhavets. Nukhavets is was uh, the village and is the, the village uh, in the same province and uh, district. So it's, it's nearby. Okay. So the family lived in Nukhavets, then they transferred to Chernobyl. Nothing interesting there. It, it happens and uh, revision tales, uh, they are great uh, because they sometimes uh, tell us why the family was moved. Uh, so we don't know this in this case, but we know that they were transferred from Nukhavets. So we uh, had uh, uh, 
clue where we should uh, look next. In the sex revision, we uh, see that uh, this family, and I'm talking about uh, Grigory Stepanov, okay. yep. uh, born uh, about 1811, he disappeared again from revision tales, and uh, we uh, cannot see him in in sixth revision. Uh, no reasons, uh, no no clues, so we, we don't know what to do next. At that point, okay. it was a total brick wall. We uh, have uh, a very, very vast region. We don't know why he um, disappeared. No clues. And no different uh, document document types that we can uh, you know use. Uh, so we search there, search uh, making our plans of research and uh, decline decline to these plans, making other plans. Uh, we searched all the neighboring villages, and okay. the one village we didn't uh, research was the Chernobyl. Okay. Uh, and turns out that in uh, before they uh, live in, uh, lived in Nuhavets, they lived in Chernobyl. It was a simple family that lived in one place for a long time. <laughs> so they were moved to another village for Nuhavets just for several years between us, uh, between uh, this region tales. Uh, why why we didn't uh, review this uh, sixth tale? Uh, actually, the idea of reviewing the sixth tale uh, for Chernobyl was my client's idea. He was very passionate. And uh, from this client, I also learned that uh, the client is always right in, gene in genealogy. If he want, wants to do something, you had to do something. You, had to, you have to listen to, to your client. And uh, if uh, he has uh, money to research uh, his uh, ideas, it's uh, even better. Okay, so um, we researched Chernobyl and we found this family. We found uh, Stepan's uh, ancestors and uh, then the, this uh, lineage uh, went down to 1600s and everything was, was fine. But, uh, you know, it's a situation like you search for your glasses and they are on your head. It's, it, it, was, it was the same, the same thing. So I, want, I, wonder, um, I wonder what led them back. Uh, to that place, maybe. Did, yes, I, I. Yes, it's very strange. Uh, maybe they just really, really missed their neighbors, or <laughs> I. I don't know. Maybe, do you think it was maybe work? No, I think it was very simple. Uh, simple thing that uh, they they actually were were not free peasants. They were under um, the rule of uh, the noble of that area. And uh, I think they were forced okay. uh, for some reason. Maybe uh, they they uh, were forced to move to Nukhavets and then they said, we don't want to live here. We will <laughs> give you a strike and so, so uh, you know, um, a rebellion and so, some kind of this kind of things. And then uh, the noble of this area said, okay, you, you can go back to Chernobyl, live there. I'm, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> They're troublemakers now. Yes, uh, yes, go away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's very, it's very a sad story sometimes because you know uh, the nobles they won't, uh, won't uh, care. <clears throat> they didn't care about people's feelings sometimes, and they uh, moved. Uh, they um, ripped families apart. You know, they can save yeah. uh, father to one uh, village. Uh, mother and the, the children will, will stay in another village and so on. So it, it, it was not very good times for peasants.
So I, I guess really you you'd love to know what motivated them, what what made them go there. Yes, sure. If uh, any of our listeners uh, think that they might have some more information that would explain why they went back to the village, um, what would be the best way for the listener to contact you if they think that they have a clue? Is it through the Genealogy Rocks website? So all my contacts are on uh, my website, Genealogy Rocks uh, uh, slash in okay. English uh, version of my website, uh, but of course I have uh, Twitter Russian genealogist and uh, I use it a lot. Perfect. We'll also have a link on our website familyhistoriespodcast.com so that uh, any listeners can go there and send a message to me and then I will send that on to you, Marina. Um, so imagine that you have a uh, time machine. Um, is there a, a date and a and a place where you think that you would want to go so that you could find out for yourself why they moved? If I uh, had a possibility to uh, connect uh, with uh, this family and to ask them uh, something and to transfer to them uh, when they were uh, living their lives, I think I chose uh, the 1812 year because uh, this was uh, the uh, year of war Napoleonic wars in Russia uh, that um, not all Napoleonic wars but uh, the, the the war that came to Russia and uh, this uh, uh, this was interesting for me in this case I uh, had possibility to uh, know this family opinion about uh, Napoleonic wars and also uh, they at that time could tell me a story why they moved uh, to Nikhavets, why they um, were transferred there. And uh, do they want to live in Nikhavets or maybe they uh, don't want and they want to move uh, back to their home place and what their uh, relations with uh, their power in this region, uh, government and noble. So it was uh, the time that uh, is uh, important in uh, the Russian history at uh, like like sea uh, like uh, country and uh, of course it was uh, a very pof- powerful moment for this family because this family is very connected to uh, the their roots I mean uh, the village uh, they talked a lot even nowadays uh, they talked a lot about Chernobyl they know the history of this place so they very connected uh, to uh, this location okay well. I think that I might just be able to help you, mm-hmm. um, but you're going to need to follow me into my garage. Mm, very interesting. Well, here we are. One time machine. Wow. Can I try it? Of course. Uh, have you ever seen the Back to the Future films? Yes. Well, it's a bit like that. If you're not careful, one false step could erase yourself this podcast episode or maybe even the entire population of earth oh no pressure then other than that you'll love it take a seat so remind me where and when you want to go june 1812 ah yes the russian empire right well uh you'll need this just press the big button when you're ready to come home okay got it What's that noise? Uh, jacket potato, cheese and beans. What? Well, I haven't had my lunch yet. Anyway, here we go. Marina Brigitteva. Thank you. Good luck. And dosvidaniya.
Nu haviet? Yep. 1612. Ah. The Family Histories podcast was presented and produced by me, Andrew Martin. My guest was the awesome Marina Brigitova. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please click subscribe now to get the next one, or consider leaving a review. Thank you. Approximately no family historians were harmed in the making of this podcast.